0: Okay, there's this new podcast out, and it's called Business Wars, and the one they gave me to read here, I'm pumped about because I read the book about the USFL uh, from Jeff Perlman, and this is exactly the beginning of that book, and these guys do it. So let, let me tell you a little bit about it. In 1961, a businessman named David Dixon had been working with the NFL to bring an expansion team to New Orleans, and year after year... Dixon basically sees the NFL expand. They go to Dallas in 1960, then to Minnesota. So he gets upset and is like, all right, whatever. So he meets with some of the world's wealthiest men to create an alternative to the NFL. That alternative would be known as the United States Football League, the USFL. And think about that. That's like 20 years before it even happened. So the USFL-NFL went head-to-head for years on and off the field. The stories about how the USFL there were rules the NFL had about bringing in college players the USFL's like we don't have those same rules and they started bringing dudes in and they actually were making a real impact when you go back and read about this stuff and it's really pertinent especially to football fans today cuz we're seeing some of these new leagues try to pop up here in the spring and see if there's a market to go after so the podcast continues through those years. The fight was chronicled in the podcast from Wondery, Business Wars. Again, join host David Brown as he breaks down the mighty highs and incredible lows in the football business matchup that would solidify a league's future. You're about to hear a short preview of Business Wars where you're going to meet David Dixon and hear how his frustration over the lack of a team in New Orleans, love the city, would lead him to create a challenger that would try to take the NFL down. It is very simple to sit here years removed and be like, oh, whatever, that was never going to work. I'm telling you, if certain things did not happen the way that they happened, there were very successful franchises in the USFL. There were. Some of the markets, it worked. Others, it didn't. So while you're listening, go subscribe to Business Wars on Apple Podcasts wherever you're listening to this, or find a link in the episode notes that will take you there.
1: It is April 15th, 1984, and a man enters the swanky Pierre Hotel in Midtown Manhattan. The lobby is an ode to Big Apple wealth and status, high ceilings, crystal chandelier, a black and white checkered marble floor. The visitor fits right in. He's nattily dressed in a pinstriped gray suit and red and blue tie. His polished black loafers reflect light from above. He walks past the front desk toward the elevator banks. A few people stare and whisper, Is that? Pete Rosell, the 58-year-old commissioner of the National Football League, is hardly just another executive. No, he is the king, czar, and headmaster of the most powerful entity in professional sports. Rozelle does not want to be seen here. Certainly doesn't want this visit to appear in the Times or Daily News. That would be disastrous so he keeps his head down walks into the elevator and presses P for penthouse the 41 flight trip feels like an eternity what is he even doing here aren't there better things to do like jabbing his eyeballs out with pencils like watching an endless loop of Joni Love's Chachi reruns like he finally reaches the penthouse level Takes a few steps and knocks. P, how are you? Hello, Donald. Roselle is standing before Donald Trump. The rising New York City real estate developer owns the Manhattan's Grand Hyatt and the year-old Trump Tower. Oh yeah. But one more thing. Donald Trump owns the New Jersey Generals of the United States Football League. The United States Football League, better known as the USFL. And in the early to mid-1980s, the USFL is an upstart, but it's scaring the hell out of the NFL. When Roselle received the call from Trump a week earlier, the NFL commissioner didn't know what to think. The two men have met a handful of times at charitable balls, but they're hardly friends. But business is business. And when the owner of a team in the rival league calls you have to listen. So, Roselle wonders, why does Trump so desperately want to talk? Roselle shakes Trump's hand and enters the suite. So, why am I here? Trump is a baby-faced man of 37. His hair, brown and wavy. His lips are thin and the color of fruit punch. When he talks, his hands move like blender blades. Pete, I'm going to be blind. USFL. You and I both know it's a joke and it's not going anywhere. I want an NFL franchise and I'm sure you want me to have an NFL franchise. Look at me. I'm a winner. That's not what Roselle sees. The effrontery of this guy as if I own Trump New York and I'm sure you understand what I can bring to your league. The power, the prestige, It's a perfect match. I want an NFL team, and I'll happily help kill the USFL if that's what it takes for me to get in. Roselle is dumbfounded. Who the hell does he think he is? You can't just demand to be let in. Roselle turns to leave. He could just walk out, but he's having a physical reaction to this man. And so he pauses. Mr. Trump, as long as I or my heirs are involved in the NFL... You will never be a franchise owner. Donald Trump is undeterred. He wants a National Football League franchise. And he will do whatever it takes, ethics and principle be damned, to land one. From Wondery, I'm David Brown, and this is Business Wars. In our new six-part series, USFL vs. NFL, we drop in on a time before the National Football League was a $75 billion juggernaut, back when it owned not just Sunday afternoons, but Sunday nights, and Monday nights, and Thursday nights. This was a time before the lead performer at the Super Bowl halftime show was deemed international news, before Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes and Odell Beckham were household names. Back to a brief span in the early to mid-1980s, when an upstart spring league, the USFL, came along and tried to spike a football on the NFL's own turf. It started a high-stakes competition that involved stealing players, taking over markets, and desperately trying to change the face and feel of America's most popular sport. This is Episode 1, Birth of a League. Now, here in 2019, it's hard to imagine a rival entity causing the NFL much stress. As of this moment, two new football leagues, the XFL and the Alliance of American Football, are planning launches within the next year. The NFL is responding like a lion with a flea landing atop its mane. Even with its issues, the NFL is the biggest show on the planet. An untouchable sports monolith. August 7th, 1961 It's a steamy day in New Orleans And local businessman David Dixon is pissed He slams down the phone He can't believe what he's just heard from the NFL's treasurer The league's chosen Minneapolis as the location for its next team Minneapolis? This has to be a joke He clenches his fists. The feeling of frustration is familiar by now. Though Dixon is just 37, he spent the past decade trying to land an NFL franchise in his hometown of New Orleans. To Dixon, a football team takes a city from the minor leagues to the majors. It means you don't merely exist on the map. You're a destination. And he was assured New Orleans would be next. Dixon walks into his kitchen where his wife notices he's clenching his jaw. Bad news? They rejected us again. I really don't know how much more of this I can take. Well, there'll always be another chance. Will there? Will there? Dixon's frustration morphs into anger, and that anger morphs into rebellion. He loves the NFL, but does he really need the NFL? You know... The only reason football is known as a fall sport is because Rutgers and Princeton played the first ever game in the fall. Do you know that? If those teams had played in the spring, football would probably be a spring sport, don't you think? Uh Uh-huh. So why not a spring football league? Why wouldn't that work? Mary has no answer. Two years later, in the spring of 1963, Dixon finally takes action. He flies to La Jolla, California, to visit the house of Paul Brown, the legendary Cleveland Browns founder and former head coach. After nearly two decades, he's recently been fired by the franchise he created. Dixon knows there's no love lost between Brown and the NFL. And he also knows Brown is a no-nonsense genius with a football IQ of 500. Dixon's come to sell Brown on his idea, which he's calling the United States Football League. Hi, this is David Brown, host of Business Wars, and I hope you enjoyed this little sampler. I'm having so much fun learning about the larger-than-life characters and the human drama behind these epic stories, and I hope you'll consider this a personal invitation to join us for more. It's really easy to do. Just subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you're listening to this. You'll find a link in the episode notes as well. And we hope you'll tell your friends to check us out and subscribe too. Let us hear from you, and thanks for listening.